How do you report on the economy during unusual times? Use unusual data sources. Back in March, the conference board was trying to measure the toll of COVID-19 on Canadian jobs. But what type of data would tell us that story? The obvious answer was to look at unemployment claims from Statistics Canada. But things were moving so quickly that we wanted a timelier picture of the Canadian job market. And to do that, our economics team started looking at indicators beyond official government sources. So what data did we use? How did they reveal insights in real time? And why is COVID-19 making economists throw away the rulebook? I'm Kira Johnston, and this is the Leadership Perspective series from the Conference Board of Canada. Each episode, we sit down with an expert or experts to hear their perspectives on an issue that's affecting the lives of Canadians. Joining us today is Thomas Hindle from the Conference Board of Canada's economics team. And we're going to talk about using real-time data to sharpen our focus on Canada's economic future. Thomas, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thomas, what data sources do Canadian economists typically rely on? Within Canada, we rely on public data. Mostly we get the vast majority of our information from Statistics Canada. They provide the most comprehensive data across the entire Canadian economy on a vast number of topics. We also rely quite a bit on the Bank of Canada, especially for more of the financial and consumer price index data. So CPI and inflation, that comes mostly from a combination of Statistics Canada and the Bank of Canada. But we really are reliant on public data, and that is the case across the world. Public data is often much more comprehensive and better quality than private data usually is. That being said, it's not perfect, and there are often holes within what information is available from our statistical agencies. I'm curious about these holes. Can you explain this and explain the downside to using these traditional data sources, especially during COVID-19? We've been using alternative data sources for quite a while, especially when you're looking at China. We have not really been trusting some of the official GDP statistics coming out of there for quite a while. Coal consumption is a piece of information that is constantly measured and monitored to really understand what's happening in the Chinese economy. And one thing that you often see with traditional data sources is that there's often a large lag period. In Canada, the most timely piece of information that we have is something called the labor force survey. That is released one week after a month ends, but that's a survey that has a lot of inherent volatility within it. And while it is the number that it's often cited for unemployment, it's not perfect. And within Canada and all across the world, survey response rates have been declining. This has been a trend before COVID-19. What that means is that more time and effort has to go in to get this reliable survey data. And the other issue with these traditional data sources is that they're often monthly. So you can't look at a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis. While the LFS does come relatively timely, a lot of other sources, they can be laid up to six months over a year. When you're in a time of crisis like we are during the COVID-19 situation, it's important to try to get as much information about what's actually happening right now versus this is what happened a month or two ago. When we talk about real-time data, can you explain what that means and provide some examples? One of the best examples of real-time data is flight traffic. It's important that pilots across the world know exactly where all the other planes are, and it makes air travel so much safer. You can go online and see exactly where all the planes are going and what's happening there. That's one of the good examples of real-time data. In economics, we tend to think about real-time data as information that can provide without a lag. 
one of the ones that we're using the most at the conference for is job posting status. So we can actually take a look and seeing what are employers looking for? What are the jobs that they're hiring for? What are the skills they're asking for? And instead of that information coming two, three months after it happens, we're getting this information two days after this happens. So it's much timelier. This information is not perfect. And one thing to reiterate is that this real-time data is designed to supplement what is available through Statistics Canada, but it can provide a lot more insight that is otherwise not possible. I'm sure the listeners are wondering, and myself included, what did the job postings data tell you about the labor market that StatsCan didn't or couldn't? One thing that is really useful for the job posting data in particular is that you can look at the trends daily. What you saw with the COVID-19 situation is that the first two weeks of March were quite normal and comparable to the rest of 2020. What that means is that when you take a look at the Statistics Canada data for March, is that if the survey was taken in the beginning of the month, the data would be very different than if the survey responses happened at the end of the month. What that tells you is that that first month is most likely an overestimate of actually how well the economy was doing during that time period. And the other thing that you have with the job posting data is you can look at a granular level, seeing, okay, so what are the actual occupations that employers are looking for? What occupations have been hit the hardest? Which ones are actually doing better? Or people looking for more security guards because there's a lot more empty office buildings, for example. It gives you the ability to look at the Canadian labor market that was not really possible otherwise. Can you briefly explain how you gathered that job posting data? We at the conference board went through a big data provider, Insanity Jobs. They do all of the hard work and do a task called web scraping. Web scraping means that they go through the information that's readily available over the internet and they accumulate all that information, clean it up, standardize it, and provide you a lot of information. Through them, we've been able to access this vast data set to look at how the Canadian economy has been doing. Can you talk about your plans for using real-time data sets in the future? At the board, as part of our work with the Future Skills Centre, we're trying to understand what are the skills that Canadians have and what are the skills that Canadians will need going forward. We're using this job postings data to help understand what are employers looking for, what are the skills that we think are most important and that people within the Canadian economy think are most important. Other pieces of real-time data that we're looking at, such as Google Trends, that's something that's been available since 2014. They can provide useful insights and you can use that information to understand or look at problems that you aren't able to analyze otherwise. One thing that we used it for is to look at what was the spike for searches for CERB? Was it a spike or was it a sharp increase and then it stayed high? What that tells you is most people who are signing up for this program, are they all applying for it en masse or are they waiting and seeing how they've been affected and then trying to get as much information on it then will potentially apply for it in the future? While you can't use this information to say how many people have actually applied for CERB, it does help you understand partially what's actually happening to Canadians in the moment. Thomas, let's talk about some other projects that your team has on the go. At the board, we're currently doing some work as part of the Rapid Response and Times of Disruption project as part of the Future Skills Centre. What we're looking at specifically is trying to understand the tourism and hospitality sector and try to help those in that industry an industry that is most likely going to have long-term effects of this pandemic for years to come, and try to help those take the skills that they already have and use them to go to the next opportunities and try to help them find new jobs. The other work that we're doing is we're trying to figure out what are the jobs of the future and what are the skills of the future. 
we can get a better idea of where we think the Canadian economy will be going, trying to understand what are the effects of automation, using that information to try to figure out what are the skills that Canadians are going to need in the future, where are the skill gaps going to be, and what are the policy interventions that we think are going to be most worthwhile. Thank you so much for your insights and your hard work and for joining me for today's episode. Thanks again for having me. For everyone listening, you can check out Thomas's piece that uses real-time data titled Job Postings Plummet in March by following the links in the episode description. And you can find all of our economic forecasting as well as our latest COVID-19 coverage at conferenceboard.ca. You've been listening to the Leadership Perspective Series by the Conference Board of Canada, hosted by Kira Johnston and written by Sarah Mells. This series is produced by Jen Duhamel, Nancy Nguyen is our audio engineer, and our executive producer is Michael Bassett. Ideas were also contributed by Rob Collins and Aaron Brophy. For more podcasts, videos, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.